Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. I told her not to call us until he's actually there and we can start recording and say who he is and introduce ourselves and all that kind of good stuff. He'll know I'm on the phone, so she needs her phone on speaker to listen to the conversation. So that'll yeah. all work out. So we'll be fine with that. And we'll now, we is, is Alana's phone better than hers? They both have 50%, so I told Alana to make sure that she's ready to call you so that if her phone disconnects, we can continue the recording through Alana's phone. Do you want Alana's okay. uh, number? I've got Alana's number, I'm pretty sure, but just in case, text it to me. All right, let me get it and get it to you right now so we're ready to go, and I'm going to hang up for now, okay? Okay. Then you call me back. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye.
so um, he said that it was fine for Francesca. Um, okay, hold on. Looks like you've been here in a while. Your your office looks very settled in. Uh, no, I'm leaving What were you doing before you? Uh, 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 I spent 25 years in the FBI, and then I spent two years as the director of operations. Okay, yeah. Are you there? Trying to get. Now, let me call Judy. Okay. I'm right here. Judy? Yeah, I'm right here. Alana's speaking. I'm going to put it on speakerphone now. Yes, I need to be able to hear everybody in there. Okay. Yes, Bill, if you can use his main phone. Um.
So you want me to call his direct line? Do we have um, that? If he has, if he has a Judy, does he have a speakerphone that we can just call that so that we don't have to worry about cell phone signals and batteries dying, so I can see a part of this person? I I don't have Judy on the phone yet. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's what I want to do. Just ask the call back. Okay. Hello. Okay, we're there. Okay, I'm putting you on speaker, and Alana's is speaking right now. Okay, I was okay. going to see. I was going to. Okay, go ahead. By the legislator too, though we can, you know, the judicial so, commission is, is, is I think the legislature may be able to impeach him, but I'm not. I'm in the federal system, yes. In the state system, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100 sure of that. Um, but the only way we would have jurisdiction over a judge is if he did something overtly criminal in the penal law. Yes. Yeah. Which he is. And, and actually, before we even, uh, uh, Bill, hi, it's Francesca, how are you? <laughs> now, Mr. Mr. Adam Weishaupt, this is Brian Robertson. 
I, I do have to stand with Mr. Weiss, Weisshop on a couple of issues. Judges do have judicial immunity. Judicial immunity, one of the number one reasons they would become liable is if the court did not have jurisdiction of the case. Okay, That does not stop the fact of certain issues that are criminal in nature against the parties involved, whether it is not the judge. In our case, in my case, me and my wife's case, the family court did not have jurisdiction because the neglect petitions in our case were patently false. The In our yeah. case, in our case, the, the legal definition for uh, upon information and belief, there is a legal requirement of a second party witness. That means there has to be a witness. There was none. The neglect petitions were patently false and made up. That's why Mike Masseri admitted the neglect petition was illegal, and I posted that on YouTube. And we've been going through this for four and a half years. Is the judge putting children in danger? Ab yes. Unequivocally, absolutely. In Francesca's case, her husband, it is known, is abusive. Not husband, not husband, or never was. Well, boy, yeah, boy, well boyfriend, boyfriend is abusive. Very ex. <laughs> so, the, well, not only, wow. not only my. Not only in my case did he put my son in complete ADA violation, 100% removed from his primary caretaker, which is a violation of ADA law, removed from his primary medical doctor from the day he was born, second uh, violation of ADA law, removed from his schooling, which was actually a planned program for the uh, PTSD and the issues that were occurring thanks to the visits of the father. But, Bill, as you know, I worked with you from June of last year to October receiving as much uh, information from victims as we could possibly gather, and you compiled all that evidence and you sent it to the Judicial Commission. So the District Attorney's Office was well aware of all the abuses to all the children and all the parents, and I don't understand how we ended up where we are today, and I'd like to ask you that because I worked with you directly all those months. You saw all that evidence. You saw blood and diapers, and you saw police reports and medical records of different children, of Ilana's daughter and... You saw all the abuses to my son. You saw the arrest and child endangerment to my child, the physical assault to me. Um, you know, you saw every single paper. You compiled it yourself. You sent me back an email, and you stated so. How is my child in danger now? How, how is that even logically happening right now, that my child is now in complete and utter danger in violation of all of his rights and my rights, which are non-negotiable federal laws by this lower court? And how is it that no one can do anything, which we already know differently, we know the laws. All of us here, you can actually say are experts. I've actually been deemed one on a radio show in Kingston, okay? And there, this, is not, this, is not, this is the people versus Anthony McGinty at this point acting out of his jurisdiction where he's abusing. You have in front of you right now a mother from 14 years ago and a mother from today children being abused. So that's where I would like to get some answers. That's where I would like to find out, you know, respectfully to you, but how did this get to this point? We're, we're coming to you for help. 
We're coming to Lieutenant Benjamin for help. He tells my son he's doing whatever he can. He told Christian to protect him, and he's not being protected right now. He's sleeping on a mattress on the floor with four adults and two bedrooms, all with criminal backgrounds, every last one of them, except for the, maybe the daughter, Kara Augustine. They all have criminal records. My child is there from a clean, immaculate, moral, safe, structured home all his life. And, and it went right through the DA's office into the, into the hands of corruption. I don't understand that, and I'd like an answer for that. The answer is easy. We don't have jurisdiction. That's but very easy. Can you explain to him the jurisdiction, Brian? Because you're, you're very articulate in that manner. He, we never he, did. We still don't. Again, and as I told uh, you all summer long, because we don't have jurisdiction, what we would do is you send me everything, which we got, I printed, and we forwarded up with a cover letter asking the the uh, Office of State Investigation for Courts in, of the Appellate Division to take a look at this. And that is the extent of our authority. Actually, that yeah. was actually beyond our authority. But what, about, what, about you, what about you passing it through? All you have to do, I talked to Tamara Thompson from the Department of Justice, all you had to do was give them the go-ahead, and they would have done a complete investigation, and they would have started the process. Because as a DA, she even said, you have the exact authority to tell her to go ahead, and they could have gone forward. Tamara Thompson, from that's just one of the DOJs we've been speaking to. We have others, and I'm also working with Washington. about the U.S. DOJ? Yes. And she said if you gave her permission, they'd get it going immediately. They would get it going for sure. She was very compassionate with that. Now, Francie, now, now. He's trying to pull the chains. Francesca, uh, USDFJ does not need our authority to do anything. They are now. They would, if they received your call and told you told them to go ahead, she said they would. Now, Francesca, as Francesca, now what? Adam, five years. That doesn't Adam, make any sense at all. Now, Adam Weishaupt, I know there is a. Actually, Bill. <laughs> Bill, 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 they absolutely have jurisdiction. The family court absolutely has jurisdiction over that case. Okay, that is a fact. That goes to natural law, common law, New York statute, everything. Okay, because I would have party- to it had jurisdiction. And when I became a whistleblower and worked for the district attorney's office, and he retaliated against me and destroyed my child, then I that think he is- loses. <laughs> now that is a different. Thing that falls under uh, that does fall under official oppression, correct? Because there are whistleblower statutes. Now, in Elena's case, if I'm not mistaken, now I don't know her case that well, in as you know as well as I do mine, and I know a little bit about Judy's case, and then my case, you have Department of Social Services getting involved. And just because the Department of Social Services initially gets involved does not automatically give the family court jurisdiction. There are certain parameters of jurisdiction that have to be met 
for the family court to have jurisdiction, okay? Now, if those things are not met, then family court does not have jurisdiction. That's why the statute always says if, not statute, code in New York, that's why the code says if family court has jurisdiction because there are a lot of cases they don't. But if we went down to the police station, we report abuse that's going on with these children and things that are happening. No matter if family court has jurisdiction or doesn't, why can't we You're, still receive help from either that the is police true. department Although, or here? Because in when, my does the, case, when does the law when does the law get dropped on its face though? When the child endangerment law is very very clear, Penal Code two sixty ten can't get any clearer. And the judges are endangering the welfare of our children. When does the law itself step in? That's my that's my issue. Why are that, these children now, being abused? Right. Why are these parents being abused? Why are our parental rights and civil rights and all our human liberties being abused? That's what I want to know. And there's got to be that, somebody who. That is absolutely a valid and good question. And and Bill, that is the problem is Department of Social Social Services gets away with criminal activity which puts our children in danger. Look, Department of Social Services in our case, you understand jurisdiction. You know as well as I do the local sheriff's department or the local police department cannot cross state lines without a lawful order and permission from said state to do anything. They have to go through the proper channels before they can cross state lines to follow anybody, even in a family court case. That is why there is certain laws that state this. But in our case, Ulster County did not decide to come across state lines to Pennsylvania until after I filed a federal suit against them. That was January of 2015. They were, because of a discrepancy with the federal court, they were served in May. So they come across state lines holding a Ulster County Family Court order, which holds no water in Pennsylvania without a proper hearing for Pennsylvania to say, okay, you can do this. They've been doing it every month, wasting Ulster County tax dollars, doing things that everybody in Pennsylvania is telling our family is illegal. And y'all ignore it. What have they been doing? They come across state lines from Ulster County to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania once a month. For what purpose? On on our tax dollar harassing this family on a on a court negligence in the first place. Another court everybody you're looking at in front of you and on the phone the people we sent are all due to Ulster County Family Court's negligent decisions. They're negligent. He spent four minutes in a court, he doesn't look at any of the evidence, neither did my Zell. I'm hearing it about Savona too now. Sadly, I'm very sad about that one, okay? And they're making decisions for families and children. I mean, I don't even understand it for the life of me. I work in solar. Uh, we have a chain of command. If it doesn't get past me till I review what my previous person did, then it doesn't get past the next person till they review what I did and she did. Because with that solar p- burns on somebody's roof, we're liable and somebody could die. 
Now, why doesn't the same chain of command and the same oversight exist in the Ulster County Family Court and courts around our nation? When you make a decision in four minutes, when you take a child off in order of protection, or you put one on, or you do these things and you don't look at evidence and you say so on record, okay, or you have a child attorney like Amy Ingram or Marion Kokos, and they don't look at evidence and they just lie in court perjuring themselves under oath, about a family, about a child. They deny the rights of a child. They deny the rights, uh, rights of a good parent, okay? They endanger our children. They tie us up. They bind us. They demean us. They, they completely make fools of us. They take away our rights to breathe, basically. And no one, everybody says they have no jurisdiction. That is the biggest bunch of bull crap I have ever heard in my lifetime because we all have a moral ob- obligation to protect these kids and to protect these good parents, people like me, people like Judy, people like Brian and his wife, people like Lindsay who works for West Point Military, okay? And she's constantly, constantly background checked and her three kids are with a cokehead and nobody can do anything. We're all, we don't have jurisdiction. That's a bunch of nonsense. It's everybody needs to get together, gather around these judges, and tell them to ship up, shape up, or ship the hell out. Because we've had it as parents, and I know I now, sure as hell had it. Now you asked me a question. You asked, "What are they doing?" We have yes. it on video. Okay, not only video because my in-law's house has security cameras. Okay. Have what? Now, what do they do? My question. They come to Pennsylvania every they month to see they my wife to see my wife and daughter without a lawful order from Pennsylvania saying they can. All they have is a family court order in Ulster County that says that they're to monitor the family. Okay, that doesn't go outside New York. What action have you say- taken in response to that? We're doing the same thing we're doing today. We have went to everybody and their brother, and nobody will touch it. We have an actual cover sheet from the very first police report from Pennsylvania showing that they were there. We have called everybody and their brother saying, hey, what New York is doing is illegal. Will you do something? And guess what? Everybody blows us off. Let me ask you a question. If you... If you they they come and they I assume they knock on your door is that correct? Yep. What if you denied them access? They've never gotten access. But nobody answers their phone calls. Nobody answers the door. Everybody, but in my family, and shouldn't and in laws should not have to hide in their house from these people. No, no and then they. Remember, they're taking taxpayers' money to cross state line, and then they're going to Hershey Park on a little extortion. I mean, excursion, the, I'm uh, sorry. The, uh, the fact that, so how many times did they knock on your door? Uh, let's see, May of 2015, and it is now January of 2017. I think they have been there every month except for maybe four. And they knock on the door or call the house phone. So a dozen, a dozen times they've knocked on your door. They've never been granted access. That is, that is correct. What is and what um, what has been the the uh, fallout from that? Has there been any? What has been the fallout? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not talking about your inconvenience. I'm talking about from the court in New York. Yeah. They issued what? arrest warrants for me and my wife. 
On what basis? Because they said we're in contempt of court because we did not follow the court's orders. Look, we haven't lived in Ulster County. I haven't lived in Ulster County probably three years. Okay. My wife hasn't lived in Ulster County since the since ten days before the case even started. Okay. So, and but at some point in response to that activity, you filed a federal lawsuit. When they ordered my wife to move with my daughter back to Ulster County, which they cannot do, and here's the funny thing. The judge in court never ordered that. DSS slipped it into the order, and then the clerk's office rubber-stamped it. The judge never read it. Because if he would have read it, he would have said, hey, wait a minute here. That is not what I ordered. You can't order okay, someone there, there to move is, back there is to New a York. Court order, there is a court order from the a judge in the Ulster County Family Court of yep. some shape, form, or size, basically telling you you need to submit to the order of the court and return to Ulster County? There was. The appellate court overturned that portion the other day. Yeah, good job. And then, as a result of some of this, you filed a federal suit. That's when they, oh, yeah, back in, no, that that the first federal suit got dismissed. Why? Because uh, the federal court said I couldn't do, couldn't sue some of the people I was suing. Okay. See, so in, I, see, in our case. Okay. In I, in our case. I was going after the judge because if DSS, when I do understand judicial immunity, I've been studying law for four and a half years. I have a Westlaw account. Okay. So yeah, I do a lot of reading. So you know what Westlaw is. Yeah, I do. I hate it. But it's got a lot of great stuff in it. <laughs> I'm an old book guy. I like to open books. Well, I'm driving a truck for a living. I can't take books everywhere I go. So so I know for a fact, in our case, if DSS made up the allegation and I have been blocked filing my own motions in family court to get it on the record, I've caught them doctoring the transcripts to keep it out of the transcripts, everything. The absolute proof. Hang, hang, on, they, hang on a second. When you say they're doctoring the transcripts, who is they? Judge McKinsey, he's been in trouble for it already. Well, I can't necessarily say. I cannot say 100% without a doubt that Judge McGinty was involved. All I know. But he has been, but he has been is, sanctioned for it before. He, he, <laughs> has, he, has, he has been sanctioned for it, yes. All I do know is Karen McGinty, not Karen McGinty, Karen McGinney, the transcriptionist, McGinney. Mm-hmm. I'd have to look up her proper spelling of her name. She did the transcripts. Okay? I know a lot of times when I called asking for when they would be complete, her husband would tell me. Well, she's in a meeting with Judge McGinty. Okay? So you have reasonable suspicion 
that he she's going over the transcripts with McGinty. Can't prove it. It's just suspicion. Okay. Yeah, I hear. When my dad testified on the stand, mm-hmm. and he said in open court that there were certain illegal activities that was done, and Mike Masseri, I forced Mike Masseri to ask the question. I said, you either ask it or I'll fire you on the spot and I'll ask it myself. So he did. And Judge McGinty said, we are not going to discuss that and you're going to drop it. And what I said was, I find it amazing you want to come after my family, but you don't want to look at the activity of the department. What I said was in the transcripts. Everything before that was not. Okay. Now, if DSS made up the neglect petitions, did the court have jurisdiction? No. They can't just grab people off the street and drag them into court and say, I've got jurisdiction. What kind of and they can't just keep taking people's children and putting them in danger. They can't keep getting away with this. They can't. What kind of case they was it? What kind of case was it where they dragged you into court? They said we neglected our children simply because I lived in the house. No, I, I'm not getting that. Um, oh, yeah, why? that's exactly. Because I'm a registered sex offender from 20 years ago, I can finally prove my innocence because the one good thing that come out of this New York case is they went back to North Carolina and got the DSS report that has proven everything I've been saying for over 20 years. Will you classified as a sex offender? Classified as a level three because New York says I'm a level three because of statute. No, no, no. We're what? So you're classified by a New York court? Yeah. Which court? What's the judge's name that does the, in Ulster County that does the, uh, Hearings. What's his name? I don't remember his name. It works. Well, right now it's right now it's Williams, but there's several other ones Williams. that do. Yeah. It might have been. When? When was this? When did it happen? When did what happen? When did the uh, Sora classification occur? Around June of 2012. Well, all right. That should have been Judge Williams in county court. Yeah, it was. It had to be Judge Williams. Look, Judge Williams didn't put no designation on my on my classification. Okay, he didn't put anything in the system saying I couldn't be around my own kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, they lied in the court and said, "Oh, I was a predicate sex offender." No, it wasn't. Judge Williams' paper doesn't say that. I've got copies of it. Now, if if Jennifer Allen, the caseworker, is willing to lie on the neglect petitions, which is perjury, and then get up in the courtroom and admit she had no evidence to back it up, she committed perjury. And nobody's willing to do nothing about it. Brian, how do you spell your last name? Robertson, R-O-B-E-R-T-S-O-N. B-R-I-A-N? R-O-B-E-R-T-S-O-N. 
what I find amazing, what I find amazing about your whole story and the fact that Dave McGinty has put children with real sex offenders, and they say there's nothing wrong with that. That's the part that I find like, what, what is it? Just how the wind blows that day in the court? We do whatever. It's just insane to me. All of this, all of this, oh, yeah. it's barbaric, and it needs to be ceased immediately. Like all this activity, so that they can get normal people in there with half a brain at least in their head to start going through these files, returning children to where they are safe. Okay, and stop this madness because what is going on? You're not going to tell me that an entire county can't stop a judge. No one's going to tell me that because I won't believe it. There's no, there's no, no truth in it. I, 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 I read I through laws last night for about four hours. Okay, there's not one legal thing he has done to my case. Okay, and you're talking about practically Mother Teresa here. Okay, versus you know Hitler. Okay, so the, yeah. you know it's my clear cut. I've got nothing on my record except for the damages he tried to do to me. Nothing. So this is barbaric. I do I do agree with Francesca that you do have the authority to get an investigation going. Now whether or not anything would stick, I don't know. But you have the authority and the ability to shed light on it. Well She's according to the Department of Justice to the Department of Justice and the people that I spoke to, he's got the authority to tell them to go ahead and get that investigation going. No question, because he has enough information beyond from the work we did together from June to October. He's got more than enough information. I mean, you said it to me. You saw how crazy this all was. You, you said those words to me, that you, you didn't realize how bad it really was in there until you started seeing all the victims and the children and the burns of the cigarettes to the children that go to the parents that do it to them. And I mean, it's not like we just had, like, people talking. We had police reports. We have police reports. We have evidence. We have pictures, we have medical doc- documentation. I don't know what else is needed to follow the law, the law of New York State and in every state that talks about child endangerment, knowingly placing a child in danger, whether it be emotional, physical, sexual, and so on. It's yeah, their violence the law. Now, now here's one. Here's, and given to an unprotected home, and all the years that my, my daughter was raised by me, one was 15 and one was 17, nothing ever happened that was abusive. Or, And after the judges released my daughters to their father and to my mother, who has much housing by proxy, my daughter got raped twice, twice, once here in Ulster County and another time in Ocean City, Maryland, and she was also beat by her father, the same man who beat me, who has history of digging bones up in Saugerty's graveyard and bringing the skull home. So they gave my my daughter to a man who had four DWIs and domestic violence. And if I was... And if you need all these diseases, you're still suffering from that abuse done to you and your family. You're still suffering from it now in 2017. You are still suffering. Your children don't understand why their mother would allow them to go into abuse when it wasn't your fault. So you're suffering all the dynamics that happens in an abusive home that you try to save your children from, thanks to this right. negligence the of the court. The Munchausen no, no. still free. And no matter how much information that I give them about her selling products with Rebecca Carley, who's on Slack Watch, and her being around my cousin who had cancer, who died, and all this information that I give people and her telling Judge McGinty that she's telling me to take a bleach bath for cancer that I don't have on the stand. And Dr. Hummel, on record, on record, that I'm going to have my children taken, that my mother is a quack and, 
and that um, the CPS report shouldn't have been on any. All these things that are said right in the first one, and even if Gary Swirling puts um, it, a report into the Sheriff's Department, no one investigates it properly so that this woman is still on the loop. Right. Deaf ears. It's like putting, it's like. And then, um, and, and, and then not for nothing. Not for nothing, but Alana's ex-boyfriend, the father of the child, who we've got four medical reports stating exactly what Alana has, has been re requesting. I mean, then you got Caitlin Wolford, who never saw handcuffs, okay? Uh, they, they like that. They like that. The, the sicko, abusive mother, they like that. They'll protect her. Meanwhile, good moms who report what, what comes naturally, okay? So there's Alana. There's, there's all over Facebook. Two years ago, this, this is a disgrace, okay? Two years ago, he's threatening the entire family, goes to court with an axe or whatever the hell, chopping, telling people he's using it to chop coconuts. Meanwhile, we have no coconuts in New York. I've never seen one tree in New York of coconuts. And, and this girl has been to every single police station in the entire freaking Ulster County and everybody else's poor mother that, I, that reminds me of my daughter, okay? And, um, and, who's a, you know, and, and here this girl has had to suffer two years' loss of her own child. God forbid she takes a peek at her own kid who's suffering. And then you got psychopathic Amy Ingram. The child's regressing. The, the, the psychologist said so. The psychologist admitted it, said it. And Amy Ingram, her only thing is, again, lying in perjury on the stand under oath, saying that uh, Alana is going to make the child think that she's being abused. But the medical doctor said she's being abused, and not just one, four of them. The photographs show that she's been abused. Her body and the insides of her body has shown that she's been abused. So where do you put that child, Anthony McGinty? We put it with the perpetrator. Oh, wow. And then we violate the mother's rights even more by putting, her, putting the child with a non-parent on top of it, which is another violation yeah. of our law. Now, okay? But nobody, can do, nobody has jurisdiction over the laws of our country since when? Since when? Look, you want to, look official oppression is a big thing. There are many laws over official oppression. A judge does not have absolute immunity. Look, American jurisprudence talks about civil arrest. Francesca the other day was arrested. She was handcuffed by all legal definitions. She was under arrest without a bond attached to the warrant. In a civil arrest, it is required that there is a bond attached to the warrant. And I don't think I have to read it to you from American jurisprudence unless unless you want me to. Well, I don't understand anything about civil arrest. That's not my area. But generally, when you're arrested, you are entitled, entitled to at least consideration for bond. It doesn't always have to occur. Mm -hmm. one, of those, one of the exceptions for uh, bond is flight. That's the whole theory of the bond. Yeah, well, in criminal arrest, there is no bond. No, that's not true. There is bond. No, well, there's bond when you have arraignment. There's a difference. Well, when you're arrested criminal, you have to be brought before a court within 24 hours. Yeah, when yeah. I was, immediately. Now, I was immediately. Now, I'll read it to you. I was wrong. It was not under American jurisprudence, it was under Corpus Juris Secundum, section uh, 6B, CJS, section 91. Yeah, but let me say, Brian, what you're mm -hmm. reading are practicum theories. They're best practice. It does not always apply in states that have statutory directions. 
um, in New York, New York operates not under American jurisprudence or any of the commentaries. It operates under the New York State Criminal Procedure Law. That's yeah. how it operates in New York. If that law comports with the best practice, that's one thing. If it doesn't, you follow the law anyway. Hold on, hold on, sir. Let me, let me correct you a second. You are stating you are you are discussing two different jurisdictions. You said criminal practice. There yeah, is also. Certainly. You did not let me finish reading this. And since you said it's in New York, you can look up Godfrey versus Pale, forty nine New York Superior Court, two two six, eighteen eighty three. You can also look up Hull versus Cohen. 236 AD 709 comma 257 New York State Fourth Department 1932 This document from Corpus Juris Secundum says a plaintiff usually is not entitled to have a defendant arrested until the plaintiff has executed a bond or undertaking with good and sufficient sureties in the legally prescribed form and amount the bond or undertaking should be conditioned for the payment of costs and the damages which the defendant may sustain by reason of the arrest. The arrest. Under some jurisdictions, the court or judge uh, who has jurisdiction has the discretion to increase or diminish the amount of the undertaking. This is only for civil arrest. This is not for criminal. Criminal is different. Criminal, there was a perpetrated harm or injury done to person or property. You bring them to an arraignment, and then there is a bond set. That is different. So it's following the order no, oh, they put an arrest warrant out for me and my wife because we we told them we withdrew our consent and sent cease and desist letters to the district DSS. There is a... Why is it... What about the fact that, Judy, well, you were arrested two years ago, thanks to McGinty, uh, for being a mother. Uh, Alana's been arrested three times for being a mother. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even understand this. We've got criminals all over the team who've been doing drugs, and his mother's a big one. There's never that many. Like, I, it was on hearsay. It's all that was. I don't, uh, I'll be the first to tell you, civil arrest in New York is very rare. Um, and when it occurs, um, it generally occurs under the authority of a court, unlike um, arrest under the criminal law, which doesn't have to occur under the authority of a court. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is once you get a court involved, that court has jurisdiction and responsibility for whatever occurs under its orders. But if it doesn't attach a bond to the arrest, it's a false arrest. Yeah, I know. I, I, I just read you. I just read you. Missing a few stones there. I just read you two court citations yeah, from New York, that. and there's more. It's, 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 I don't know that it would make the arrest well, illegal. It might I, make the process 
I think that I think that the arrests are just a part of the abuse that the court is doing, and I think we need to just literally move on from this particular semantic because I agree with you both. I understand the law on, on, on what you guys are discussing. I, I'm more concerned with right now. Let's do something about this. Let's move forward from today. Let's take some action. Let's start doing something because it's obviously clear. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to see the abuse that this court is causing innocent parents, innocent mothers mostly, and innocent fathers, but mostly innocent mothers, pattern of abuse against women, okay? And let's move forward from here because I, if you'd like, I can send you more information on more people that are abused by especially Anthony McGinty. And let's do what we need to do as a people, we the people, need to do something about this. We cannot let this continue any longer. They do not, they, they need to be removed from their seats, especially Anthony McGinty, but all of them. They need to have somebody going through the court records, and there is a way to do it. It's called contact the Department of Justice and say, go ahead. It's really that simple. And, and we have to start getting our rights that are being violated, our right to liberty, freedom, our right to parent, our right to protect our own children, our right to live a life, our right to not keep losing jobs because of the court and their negligence, okay? We need, that's, we need to start from here now with all the evidence that we have, all that you've learned about since I started working with you, um, Mr. Weisnaw Bill, um, you know, and we need to move forward from here. We've got enough people involved. We have enough eyes on it. Frank Scartato, the Assemblyman, and Steve Gold are very, very much 100% on our side with this. They're about the only legislators that have actually stepped, you know, over and above to help us. Um, they're, just, they're disgusted with the whole system, too. Um, you know, but it's time to move on from this. We need to stop playing this around-the-mountain stupid game while children are being endangered and, and good parents are having their lives and liberties uh, robbed from them. Okay, we're not slaves. This is the 20th century, 21st century. Um, you know, this is actually diabolical. It is abusive. We might as well have Hitler put us in concentration camps because it's pretty close to that. And it's time that we have to put a stop to it. And enough, because these judges need to be dethroned. This is not a game any longer. They've done it for too many years, and we've got too much information on it at this point. And something has to be done. And Holly Conrad is one step above you, and he needs to get his act together, and he needs to do the right thing at this point. Enough of this game. Okay? I'm tired of the good old boys. I'm tired of it. Here's, here's, here's the problem, and I'm, I'm not saying that I'm, like, whether I agree or disagree with you. I think you know where I stand. The... Um, the DA's office is not the venue to correct abuses in family court. It is not. It never will be. And even if we, even if everybody in this office agreed with every word you said, we have no authority to do anything about it. None. But because we you operate do. under the law. They're you violating do. federal laws. They're only hold a, they're on, only a on, civil court. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. They can't enforce federal law. He's right about that. Bare minimum, sir, you have the authority to investigate DSS. You've already heard some of the actions of the caseworkers and what they're doing. I have the evidence. Judy has the evidence. Elena has the evidence. There is so many more that have evidence against the caseworkers and against the department. You have the authority for that. And they put a finding on my name. I work for Family of Woodstock, inspecting all the daycares around here, keeping children safe. And I reported the abuse of my mother, who's a Munchauser. Munchausers are people who fabricate and lie. And she told me to take a bleach bath. Bleach bath, you know what a bleach bath can do to someone? It can, it can do that to someone. And she said it right on the stand. So if I keep saying this, and then I told that to CPS, and CPS, instead of listening to me, 
they listen to the Munchauser and put something on my name that I got off and got reversed, that's horrible. That's horrific. They put my home in foreclosure and put my children into the hands of a Munchauser by proxy. And well, wait a second now. There's also the, there's also the law that says that false allegations are a crime. I reported five false CPS allegations to Paul Watzler, okay, in depthly, and um, nothing was done about it. I find that I find that actually disgusting. That in my own I county, see. that we, my family I pays see. outrageous taxes into outrageous taxes. Actually, okay, and that's not that's not accurate. And you you have to watch when you're dealing with things in terms of accuracy versus interpretation. That every complaint you made was was thoroughly investigated, right up to the 800 line, getting the recordings, completing a file. The problem with, as I recall with your case, and I look at a lot of these cases every day, if my recollection serves me correctly, is that in your case, they were investigated by somebody from maybe Child Protective, and they concluded that the allegations were, as relayed on the, on the 800 line, were false, but that there was a there was a basis and foundation for the complaint. Once, once well, that, they say that would be like that, that would be I'm, true. I have a letter from the judge Patricia Patwell, who was over who was over the CPS, and she wrote me a letter, and I have it saying that there was no evidence found on me, and they, she apologized for what they put me through. And all all five calls were made by Pat and Pam, Pat Beesmer and Tam Augustine. The last call that was made wasn't even investigated because the Courtney, the lady who was on the one right before it, knew he was in jail, knew that Pat wasn't even was in jail, okay, and knew that Pam made the phone call and that my son wasn't near them for three weeks. But apparently I full force punched my child. And this woman was didn't he wasn't even reprimanded for making a false lying CPS call. So they knew about all of these five calls. They were also harassing. They were also bullying to me. They were also um, endangering my child because the poor kid had to be yanked out of school to be talked to by strangers. His body looked at. I mean, these are really outstanding. I'm not arguing the impact. Um, See, what happens is when you go from those type of complaints and it switches to where you want a criminal involvement, we have to operate under the criminal law. And the criminal law basically says that for those type of complaints to be prosecuted, there's a specific statute for it. You have to have at least two calls that are completely baseless. And in each one, I don't know about the one that they never did anything about, but in each one that we investigated here, the reports of CPS said the complaints were unfounded but based in a legitimate, the wording they used was bizarre, but it basically said they're they could understand the reason for the call and that that might be well-founded. We can't prosecute that. Okay, let's go back. Let's let's go back for a second. Wait, I I can answer this one very simply. I'm a 49-year-old woman. No one's ever called CPS on me. I raised a daughter who's 29 years old right now. Okay, I've never had anybody ever have to call CPS, and she went through the entire school system. I start family court, and I have five calls by the same people five times in a row. There's no basis. That's called... That is absolutely called um, uh, uh, false allegations, but it's also with a motive, a motive to win court. 
and official you, misconduct. I'm not saying that. I'm not. And saying in the context of these five five calls, there was no reason to say that I punched my child. There wasn't a mark on him. His doctor even did a whole analysis of him, and and was against all this nonsense with the CPS. So no, that's not true. And we we have to look at it in the entire dynamic. We have to look at it in the entire broadness of these five lying phone calls. Okay, now, and exactly how, the one that you have to answer. This, you you have to answer the question, sir. If if the DSS caseworker that she's talking about was nowhere around to see her punch her kid, supposedly. How does she have the authority to say she did it without it being a lie? There's been not a single thing that they've never been able to find a thing on me. Matter of fact, the very first one, the very, very first one, and any contention between me and the father, there's no contention in my home. There's no domestic violence in my home. There's no drugs in my home. We live in a peaceful home. The only time there's contention is when the father is around. Okay, so that's just that's just furthering and revictimizing the abuse that we're already dealing with. Now here's another and here's another thing. The initial one, I was actually Mr. Amato, and I lived in Kingston, New York. She had the right street address, so it was a completely uh, the, the whole the whole report wow. and everything. And and guess whose attachments were attached to the end of the narrative? Not mine, because I don't have any police reports against me. About 20 police reports on the father were attached to it, but I was indicated, and that's when Patricia Patwell removed the indication and apologized to me and said, you do not need to come to a hearing. You, this is wrong, okay? And four more calls came in after that. So this, there's, no, there's no neither here. This is simple. I don't have to be a detective today. That's absolutely wrong. My lawyer was at work. They just put her down in the narrative. You do a FOIL request to get it off. CPS hearing officer? I think. Oh, and by the way, I had undiagnosed mental illness. How do you like that one? What is undiagnosed mental illness? And who is the one that diagnosed the undiagnosed mental illness? The caseworker that never met me? No doctor ever ever diagnosed me with any sort of mental illness. So how dare they? Hey, in our case, I have the Department of Social Services own manual their regulations that they're supposed to follow. In the manual alone, it says it is not enough to, to get neglect or file a neglect petition simply on the basis of a sex offender living in the home. Okay, it says that. So what did they do? They falsified the, ne the, the neglect petition. They added other stuff and then get up in court and admit, oh, well, we have no evidence of that. The only thing that came in was a phone call, and we have reasonable suspicion the phone call came from SORNA because Mike Masseri, and I have a lot of recordings of our conversation, told me, oh, it was not an anonymous phone call. It was SORNA that called. I said, really, Mike? Where's that in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the discovery? Because I don't see it nowhere. And he wouldn't answer the question. So there is a problem here, and all of us families are being affected, and everybody turns a blind eye. It starts with CPS most of the time. With CPS involved in yours, and, um, they put the indication, and then they send a big letter to the court. And if I was a judge, I would take my children to the court. Right. They indicated me and my wife. There's evidence of. They say there's evidence of it. Of what? Child abuse or, in the class. Right. They don't have to justify it. 
what I don't understand is why what I don't understand with, with all this just even hearing this again. Why is my son why is my son in a home where there's drugs, alcohol, DW and violence? Hold on, let's 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 with all these lies. You're not allowed to do that. You can't just put your safe on. If I go to your house, and so you say this. They send it where? To judge myself. They send that to judge myself. To paint your case. And then base, but at that point, that, you're not in court. Yeah, I was in court. So this happened after the court case Why started? Why case is going on? He just have had different yeah. situations with Brian. I guess he wasn't already in court, but CPS took him to court. Mm-hmm. He didn't have jurisdiction to do so. I'm not gathering your case, you were already in court. My case, I was already in court. But in my case, they didn't have jurisdiction to take my child away from both parents without a petition from CPS. CPS had an unsigned right. report. That's right. And my daughter, and put her with my parents, which is totally illegal. There's jurisdiction. Now, now he shares custody, and he is the abuser. And and actually, in your in your case, Alana, it's in the um, it's in the um, Family Court Act. It specifically they said they can't be put this one. What they did. And that's your mother? That's my mother. She sells products with Rebecca Harley, who's on Quackwatch. She's a doctor who lost her license. And Gary Sorling put a report in the sheriff's department, and they said that they can't go knock on her door. They can't investigate it. Why can't you investigate it? She's selling products. She's making people sick. She's over at my cousin's house, too, who died. Okay? She's selling what? She was selling Master's Miracle and Manitex. Now she sells some other product. Is herbal? Yeah, it's like yeah, she's under investigation right now. Yeah. And with Rebecca Carley, Rebecca Carley is a doctor who lost her license. It's on Quackwatch. So they tell that my mother um, is the distributor with along with my aunt. Did you send me that? I sent it, and I spoke about it. But my my mother is not just a danger to me, what she already did to me, what she's already done to me as a child, or what she's done by getting involved with family court and CPS and telling lies. She's a danger to your community. That's exactly what she is. She loves sick people. She prays and goes to, to praise on uh, the cancer support group. She'll go anywhere and then have them call Rebecca Carly up, and she'll tell um, you to send her $1,500 and some CDs and a complete quack. And nobody can knock on the woman's door to find out if what I said. And on the stand, she says, bleach bath to Judge McGinty. That doesn't ring a bell. Hello. I never had cancer. It's, 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 why would people keep ignoring, ignoring, ignoring? If, if family cancer would do it. I got to tell you, the, Mary, everything I've read up to this point, and I've read everything you sent me, um, your, your venue trying to go through, I mean, you have to stay within the system to a certain extent because that's, you can't battle it totally from outside. But your venue is um, is strictly public and political. I mean, you just you just have to make the public aware of this. this that's the only way this is going to be dealt with. The only way. You know how uh, we tried to make the public aware of it? You have the appellate division looking at all those records. But everything they do is secret. So I can't tell you what they're doing or if they're doing it. I, I mean, I just can't. They, just I filed free. five appeals in the appellate division. I was inside family court uh, You're for talking about the appellate division. The third department. Third department. Judicial panel. Right. I'm talking about the third department 
appellate division investigative group, and that's different. They're not judges. They're they're outside the. They don't sit on the bench in your cases. They their their job is to look at complaints that come in against judges. Is that the Commission on Judicial Conduct? No, it's similar, but it's it's a parallel um, group that is they work right in the third department and they keep an eye on judges. The commission is also very similar, mm-hmm. um, but they also deal with a lot of non-judicial judges that are like town court judges that aren't lawyers. Hmm. Um, whereas the appellate division uh, judicial commission looks at the basically the higher level judges that are sitting in elected positions at the family court surrogate mm-hmm. up. That's where all this stuff went. But everything they do is I tried to get information out and I had to get a court order to try to get information out of one of their wow. investigations, and I was shot down on the court order. Wow. Um, they don't want you to open up their so, doors. They wouldn't need them let the Board of Education have the mental health evaluation that was done by Dr. Sawyer, and that's, that's why that article. Yeah. That's why the article went in. Uh, I mean, you need to get. If you really need to find some type of like investigative reporter or reporters and catch the reader and have them start looking at this and do a story. This, that's the only way this thing is going to change. Yeah, but if I go to the police and say that there's, there's a possibility of a Munchausen... You can't. The reason I'm involved in this, the reason I'm involved in this is because there were a lot of calls going into several various sundry police departments that wanted a judge arrested for child abuse. The law doesn't this law doesn't apply to that. So we, in order to save the, the, the police departments telling everybody over and over again, the complaints over and over again, and try to explain to them why this doesn't work and how the law doesn't apply in that venue, they were told, send it all to me. Well, maybe we can redirect that information. And that yeah. is a huge problem because I've been with the police so many times because I went one time to report the child abuse mm-hmm. by, by Matt Kehoe. That's different. Okay, well, this is the thing. I've been turned away for two years right. straight and told to come to the DA's office for two years straight for after, you know, trying to approach the police crime after crime after crime. And exactly. they're not taking my reports, telling me to come to the DA's yeah. office. And I've been coming to the DA's office for two years what straight of, and turned away. What type of complaints? Criminal complaints. What? No, no. I'm sorry about that. I misspoke. Let me be more clear. What type well, of allegations? Are you making specifically? Well, I have to review. Some of it's contained in here. Some of it's, you know, there's new evidence that they've been. The child being abused. Verbally abused, sexually abused, sexually abused in the home by Matt Kehoe. By the, the, who is the father? Yes. Illegitimate. Ever since my So we went there with these things. And they, with picture, they with pictures and four medical doctors verifying the sex abuse on the child. Arrested, maybe we don't want to get judges. Well, we want to have these kind of things taken care of. Or her daughter, because we see for a family court who doesn't do a thing about the abuse, I think crime should be tried in criminal court. Well, they only get to criminal court if there's a. If the police take a report. If there's an actual criminal act that we can prove. Well, I think there's several. The only way you can prove well, it is by looking at the details I, of it. If you just say, send it over here, everyone keeps telling us to send it over here, or they can't help with that. But that doesn't we're, the, we're the buffer because they can't, they got a lot of stuff going on. We have well, investigators you, here. If they, if they see there's something that is likely or possible, they'll go check.
take a look at it. Well, then I think somebody should, and I think somebody should, and I think that maybe somebody should go check, check on Christian. Christian. Now, And get about arresting a judge. How about we have somebody knock on her door? We have somebody knock on his door. And we really have somebody really properly investigate something to get to the bottom of it to see if what we're saying because the judge isn't doing his job. Well, I hate to see this is what I'm going to do. going to want to chop my head off. Isn't that what Child Protective Service is supposed to be doing? They didn't do it. Well, they didn't write right down Right in to that courthouse and 
have to reiterate everything that I've said to show those facts. Well, quick. When I worked now, in a child care counseling, if, if, if something came in, a child drowned or anything like that, and, and there's regulations that they're supposed to have a fence or anything, I could I could be in deep trouble for not reporting that violation or regulation. Non reporting, but right. Non or reporting. When you go, when you do go into a, a court, any court, or well, any court in this state, and um, and actually federal courts also, and you file. If you were to file something that was later deemed through testimony in that same court to be perjurious, perjurious, to be a lie. The only one who has authority at that point to order an investigation is the judge. Not if you go to a grand jury. No, that's, the grand jury is, is different. That's controlled by the DA. Yeah. Bill, you're, Bill, you're telling me, you're telling me, I'm trying to understand this. I want, I need to understand it. You're telling me with everything that we're telling you and everything that you saw, and then if you need more, we can get it to you, that you can't make a phone call to the Department of Justice and request in writing or a phone call to get some investigation going, that you're seeing children being endangered, period, and it's because the judges are endangering the kids. We, we, why don't we just make it real simple? You can't do that? I don't understand why. Because Tamara Johnson at the Department of Justice and the other people we're speaking to at the DOJ, both in D.C. and in Albany, all said that you can. Well, first of all, um, the DOJ, have you provided them with the same information you gave me? Yes, and also and also, um, the FBI said the same thing. They can't do anything without permission. They need yes, permission, basically, to begin an I've investigation. Got, I've had conversations with the FBI and was told the That's same thing. And nobody can go to her door? Nobody. Even if it is person? That's, that's baloney. Even if I, were, I, was an, I was an executive in the FBI for a long time. And that's... I know that. Uh, I'm the, not saying... The FBI, not. the FBI does not need anybody's permission yep. to start... Well... The FBI does not need anybody's authority to start a federal investigation. Well, maybe maybe it's because they're not maybe they're not taking us as serious maybe they're not taking us as seriously as they would take you. That's exactly what it is. See, the problem is is the average person in government looks at us as just a bunch of disgruntled parents, and they don't take us seriously. Why? Because all everybody does that's in the system is turn a blind eye. See, I can prove criminal activity by Department of Social Services. This is a fact. And everybody what? turns a blind eye what? and... What? Now, yeah. right, hang on a minute. Whoa. When you say criminal activity, you're talking about falsifying reports? Falsifying reports uh, with without any evidence to even back it up and then admit in the court they don't have any evidence to back it up and you want to tell me that's not perjury when you sit and you do a sworn affidavit to the court stating what you saying is going on you're supposed to have some form of 
credible evidence or a prima facie case, not just something written on paper. Because if I come to you and I make an allegation against Francesca and it comes out in court that I lied, I would go to jail, and rightfully so. And Amy Ingram should go to jail for lying about children to the judge and recommending to them to keep them away from their primary safe caregivers and giving them to domestic violence perpetrators who do far worse than that. No question should that woman go to jail. I don't know the woman, but I've never heard anything really. Well, mainly because we deal with this group. No one about it. The only thing I can say about uh, Brian, what you were saying about when you get you file an affidavit or a, or a complaint or whatever they file there at CPS, and you end up in family court, and then they get on the stand and say, "Well, yeah, this is what I wrote, but I have no information to back it up." Um, that's not perjury. So they're not allowed even, to lie. Even, so they're allowed not, to lie on paper to get it in the court. That's not even not even close to perjury. Matter of fact, it's the exact opposite. Well, an application okay. of the state on, under oath. So, um, what I'm saying is, they're allowed to lie in their initial filings and knowingly lie. Is that what you're telling me? No, I'm, I'm, I would never recommend anybody in an investigative report lie, ever. But that's what they did. Or would, or would I recommend they fabricate. But that's they what they lawyer sitting right there in the narrative. Like, how crazy is that? But that's what I'm getting at. We're all, this all goes back to the fact that the family court operates with no juries, no outside right. reports, very little influence, right. and it's, no a, oversight. It's, a, it's a closed system. Um, and it, it, it making it very dangerous, making it, it very dangerous. Be, it needs to be drastically altered or, or done away with. But I can't do that, and the DA can't do that. It ha- that has to come from public pressure and the legislatures. I see uh, or, articles of and, and in terms of individual judges, the committees that oversee them. But um, I mean, you you have taken on a a a large a large agenda and project here, and your your venue, your proper venue, is the public. Yeah, but here's the, here's the problem I have with that. Okay, I see articles all over the country every so often okay. where caseworkers filed false petitions or falsified paperwork, and they go to jail at the most minimum. They lose their job and get a fine. And you're telling me you don't have the authority to do nothing? I don't understand that. Mason the Cosmo is seriously murdered over take out. I'm, huh? I'm telling you that exactly. Let me give you an example that of one that two ADAs here were, were personally involved in, not because they're in their official capacity per se. It, drew, it later became that. But they were personally aware of a family that had taken in uh, two children when actually adopted the first, were in the process of trying to adopt the second. They happened to be uh, siblings, half-brother, half-sister, same mother, different father. Um, And this family got under... CPS's skin because they 
did, oh, they took the the one child, the older child, had some psychological issues that were dealt to him by his father before he was removed from the father's custody. They took that boy to a uh, psychologist for therapy. And at some point along the way, they also let the sister go with him um, because she suffered from similar similar issues, uh, although not exactly the same, but similar. That riled up CPS. They stormed into the home one night without notice to take the younger child who was in the process of adoption uh, to take that child away from the family pretty much as retribution if you look at it from our perspective. Um, we intervened to try to stop that because we were aware of it and had absolutely zero luck. And today this that child is with a different family. Right. So we have we have no clout when it comes to family court. I know if because I took the it's outside our jurisdiction, so we can't exercise any legal leverage. In family court, you are correct. Department of Social Services is different. That is not outside your jurisdiction. And I know enough and have been studying enough about law that I know if I was to go before a grand jury with the evidence that I have against Jennifer Allen, which is the CPS caseworker that filed the petitions against my family, she would get charged. And not you're telling acting, I'm telling you, not if she's acting as an arm of the family court. She I'm did. That was before there was a filing of a petition. There is no what? arm. She when she filed the petitions in court, that and they were knowingly, patently false. That is clearly filing a false instrument in the court. And, and well, you're no. telling me that if well, I did that, yeah. hold on, if, if you're telling me if I did that, I would go to jail, but she gets a pass? I, I didn't tell you to go to jail. Right. You just said that. Um, well, she, I understand what it is. Is, is, this, is, this, is this the same person that can understand and said she had no reason or could not in any way support the allegations that she made in her report? Yes. Absolutely. We have it in the transcripts. Well, then she's not going to jail for that because that's an advocation under oath. That's an advocation under oath that those petitions were also false. No, not, she, didn't, she didn't. Legally, you're incorrect. Let me just put it that way. You, you're just, your assumption and your conclusion are do not follow a legal claim. Wait, so she can testify under oath and lie? I don't understand. Anybody, anybody can file a document and then go into court and say, oh, that document was false. And I withdraw it. Yes. Now, that's not what happened here. But that's not what happened here. No, withdraw the statement, not the document. Withdraw the statement that's the basis of the document. Um, And and that's not what happened here. What uh, I gather happened here if I'm hearing through all this correctly, is she went in and said, 
here's the document that I filed. Tell me if I'm wrong. Here's the document that I filed. I believe it to be true, but I have absolutely no basis no. upon which I filed it. She didn't no, 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 no. believe she stated, it to be true. She stated it to be true. She stated it to be true. She perjured herself under oath. And then no, she said she no, had- no. She did not believe it to be true. Do I got to go to Black's Law Dictionary and read you the legal definition of no, own information me, and belief? You have to give me the actual fact patterns without interpretation. I will go to Black's Law Dictionary and read you what own information and belief means. I know what it means. That's okay. not what I'm asking Okay, now it's not. This is not an interpretation. You use all these legal, these legalese words, and honestly, I'm not going to hold any punches. You're blowing smoke. Okay, I'm not one to hold. I'm not one to hold punches. Okay, I call it like I see it. Jennifer Allen, based on what I've researched in their own manual. And studying the court cases, the laws, like I told you, I have a Westlaw account also, okay? A CPS worker has what's called qualified immunity. They don't have absolute immunity. When they file papers that they knowing that they know are not true, they are not immune. You know who determines immunity? Huh? You're talking about immunity, qualified and non-qualified. Where does that come from? Qualified immunity only applies if they're operating in their official capacity and what they did was a lawful process. Um, that's, that's a short a- version. That, right, that's a 101 version. That's not really an accurate version, but it's a 101 version. It's not it's, wrong. It's, it's, it's not wrong, but it's not detailed. Correct. Okay. Immunity is, immunity is determined by the court. That's who determines immunity, not a book. But we can't, we can't get nobody to review her activities. She indicated me and my wife, both for neglect. And the whole basis for the neglect was that I lived in the house. Everybody I've talked to, they say the same thing you did. They can't wrap their head around that because they're not willing to look. The judge told my wife the reason she was guilty of neglect is because a prudent mother, which the word prudent means that the court expects my wife to foretell the future, Okay, but the word prudent, that he said a prudent mother would not do what she did, which was which was have a relationship with me, date me, conceive a child with me, and married me. My wife cried in court over that. And but guess wait what? a second, Brian. But, Brian, Bill has an actual letter with uh, Como's name on it, Government Stamps, CPS, Ulster County, with an actual sex offender's name on it. Bill has the letter. It went to the Judicial Commission, and it actually states that that person's okay. And McGinty actually put that child with that person. So I guess McGinty's not very prudent, is he? He also put my child in danger. 
I guess he's not very prudent in his decisions, is he? My point is this, and I've been saying this this entire case. The reason why it was illegal is not only did Mike Masseri admit that the neglect petitions were illegal, he actually said out of his own mouth, when I played the audio recording that I have of the very first meeting with DSS, and I told them everything, and he said when it was done, he said, they lied. I said, bingo, they knowingly lied when they filed the petition, and you tell me for criminal activity when they knowingly did it that you can't do anything, you're blowing smoke. Correct. The only one, first of all, when they filed a complaint, you you just told me they got on the stand and said they had no basis to file a complaint or didn't, had no factual basis to file it. They had no, no, she didn't say factual basis. She said she had no evidence. Same thing. You no got to have some form of evidence to back up your allegation. Even if it's not weak evidence, you got to have no. some form. Not in family court, you don't. The rules are totally different from every other court in the country. And the one who determines whether or not someone has perjured themselves before a court is the judge. And if they okay. hear testimony if that is perjurous, they refer it. They do a referral for criminal investigation. That's the way not, those type of perjuries occur. Not when there is patent corruption in the system. One from, one, I, in all the years I've been doing this, I've gotten one from county court. One. You know how many people go into county court and perjure themselves? Mm-hmm. All the years I've gotten one. And the only reason it was is because perjury is one of those things that you it's tough to prove, but you have to have documentation. And in that case, the judge had documentation in front of him to show you how far the courts will go to avoid a perjury. They, they, they had, the gentleman got on the understand and lied, testified, and he was basically totally making all the stuff up and literally lying, contradicting the real, the facts. Okay, so the judge, had a question. the judge had a document in front of him that showed him what the facts were as reported. He went back on the stand on, uh, on the record, and he gave that individual a, a chance to change, advocate, change his testimony to make it correct, because in that case, the perjury would go away. Mm-hmm. He gave him an opportunity on the record to do that. The gentleman that was on the stand refused, said, no, no, I told you it was the truth when it was a lie. The judge then said, here's what I'm going to do. This is how far courts will go. I am going to adjourn this till next week, in a week. In the interim, you go and get a lawyer, talk to a lawyer, and then come back here in a week. And after speaking with that lawyer, you may have the opportunity again to correct your testimony. The guy came back a week later, 
I don't remember whether he said he had talked to, he didn't come with a lawyer, whether he had spoken to a lawyer or to meet or whatever. And he got on the stand and he reaffirmed his original statement. The judge said, that's it. I'm referring this for a perjury investigation. And at that point, after giving them four or five times to recant and get it straight, and the guy stuck with his guns, he sent it for a perjury investigation. And the guy went to jail. We, he was investigated. It took another full year that uh, they were investigating. He was tried for perjury. It was a good take when Amy Ingram lies on the stand in multiple court cases uh, consistently. Um, on the stand or as an attorney? As an attorney. In the well. In, on in the, the well. In the record. On the record. On the record. Yeah. Representing somebody in the well. Well, so, child. Uh, in front of the court. Yeah. In the well. That's what um, I apologize. The, uh, the, the way that's rectified is by... Sending it. If the judge doesn't refer it, it's not going to be investigated. If the judge doesn't refer it, there's nobody going to investigate criminally for perjury. The only thing you can do is forward it up to the judicial, or in her case, it would be the Attorney Conduct Review Board up in Albany. Yeah, the, the Grievance Committee. Okay. The, uh, the Grievance Committee, and then within the Grievance Committee, there's an Ethics Committee, and there's, there's different yeah. factions within there, but yes up to the now, uh, lawyer review committees. So what you're telling me is Jennifer Allen can knowingly file false, absolutely no, without a doubt, that she can file false neglect petition and she can get away with it? If the court doesn't refer her and if she does I, I didn't. I, I don't even, don't. The Hold simple on. answer to your question is yes. I don't care about the court, though. The court, you know, the court. This is, I'm saying, before there ever goes to court, whether a court's involved. What did she file it with? She filed it with the court. The court is involved. Now, Not before if the it, court is involved. It's the court. Then what's the point of having New York Code talk about uh, filing false instruments? Because what is a right. neglect petition? It is an instrument. If she knew it was false, she could, she violated New York Code. And what you're telling me is there is nothing you can do, no matter how much evidence we have to prove that she knew it was false the day she filed it. And you're saying, oh, well, she can do it. Based on what you've told me, the answer to that is, I'll give you a simple answer. The answer is yes. Yep. Don't want to hear it, but that's, your, that's the simple answer. Yeah, so basically, CSS has the authority to make up neglect yeah. petitions against whoever they want, and it, and it don't mean a darn thing when it goes to court. Because you know as well as I do, you go to family court, 90% of the time, you're going to lose because DSS is above the law. And that is what you're telling me today. I'm telling you that I think that that may be the practical result. Don't ask me to agree with it. I'm just telling you. If you don't agree with it, then you have a moral obligation to do something about it. Because if they're violating New York code and it is a criminal act, the DA's office has a obligation not, to do something. You're not listening. You haven't been listening to one word I said, Brian. It's not a criminal act. 
So that's it. So people just keep making false allegations, and people in the people can have no ethics and no integrity in positions of power. People can be drug addicts and losers and just keep calling CPS, and it's not a criminal act. So all that hey, is when okay. I, when I read the when I read 175.35, offering a false instrument for filing in the first degree. A person is guilty of offering a false instrument for filing, not for court hearing, for filing in the first degree when, comma, knowing that a written instrument contains a false statement or false information, comma, and with the intent to defraud the state or any political subdivision, comma, public authority or public benefit, Corporation of the state, I mean, no, corporation of the state, he offers or presents it to a public office, public servant, public authority, or public benefit corporation with the knowledge or belief that it will be filed with, registered, or recorded in or otherwise become part of the record of such public office, public servant, public authority, or public benefit corporation. That's the first degree. The second degree, a person is guilty of filing a false instrument for filing in the second degree when knowing that a written instrument contains a false statement or false information he offers or presents it to a public office or a public servant with the knowledge or belief that it will be filed with, registered, or recorded in or otherwise become part of the records of such public office or public servant, which that is the courthouse. And you're telling me that they can get away with that. See, that's why I say you're wrong. I and think, I don't matter I if that, I agree I with it or not. I think that they're getting away with it in Ulster County because it's not called the most corrupt county in the nation for no reason. But any other state that I've been in when I talk to people about the same issues, you're dealing with a whole different type of people. They have integrity. They have uh you know they care about their what they do morally. So you're dealing, you're not dealing with this this psychopathic, sociopathic nonsense that we deal with here in Ulster. I'm not saying that this isn't across the board because family court is a mess everywhere. But there's something special about Ulster County. Let's put it that way. Something very special about it. <laughs> well, so yeah, because you're, fortunately you're in its web. But um, oh, uh, I wish I could. It was unique, but I don't believe it is. Um, and you know what? And and y'all sit by and blindly let it happen. It's not a matter of sitting by. I operate within the laws that I'm charged to enforce. That's what I do. And, Did you see and in this article that the Westchester Police Department addressed this woman's issue? To how? How? I read that you send this man together. People knocked on her. So, yeah, the child's dead. So that's only salt, but. What about bleach and what about all that I gave it? Let's separate ourselves from family court or CPS and just what's going on with what's happening to endanger our children and no one listening, like Alana's paper and Francesca's. And I don't know exactly what's happening with that. Well, you're getting into, this is a lot more complex than where we're going to sell here. The bottom line is when you say a judge or a court, by an order is endangering somebody, you are attacking the decision of a court, their their manifest ability to interpret through facts that are before them 
and come up with some type of conclusion or order or decision or whatever. You, you can't attack that by saying the result of that puts my child in danger. Well, I, I will agree with you, you on that. It's you have to attack it through, through somebody that can reach into that court and say, I can't reach into court and say, you know what, Tony, you're an asshole. I mean, I can tell him, but it doesn't impact anything he does because I don't have authority to change it. Check it out, but if we go to the sheriff's department, we're... They don't have authority to change his decision. They don't have authority to go and find out if any of this might be true about a person that could be mandated to people and Alana's daughter. If they get a factually based legitimate complaint, Right, and they're and not they're even, they're I, I get it. They don't even uh, try to look what? into it. The only uh, organization that has authority. The time he brought the act into court, all these different things. I have multiple. Well, he brought an act into court. He got by security with an act. Oh, no, they took it. There's an order to retain the cleaver, and the judge, Mizell, at the time, issued an order of protection. But it was never prosecuted criminally, and I want to prosecute it criminally. It's a family offense. It's, uh, the criminal court has concurrent jurisdiction on family offenses. And it's a felony because he was previously uh, uh, convicted of of, uh, criminal contempt in the second degree in the last five years. Therefore, it's still within the statute of limitations to prosecute it as an aggravated family offense. Well, look, the only organization that has the authority to go after a judge for corruption is the FBI. That's it. The court... Is is no, no, no. basically un, untouchable outside of that. You have the ability. No, the, the, the attorney general in New York can go after a judge for corruption. But Coma, um, but the attorney general's not going to do that either. Being it's an administrative court and it's an administrative agency, it answers to the attorney general, and so it's not going to do anything. Okay, we already know that, and you've pretty much made that known. When Mason died, 100 of us, if not more of us, sent emails and calls to the Attorney General, and guess what they said? We're sorry. It's not our jurisdiction. I'm not. I'm just saying they, they never. The Attorney General of New York is not aggressive. Yeah. What's his name? Schneiderman or whatever. They said we're sorry. That's not our jurisdiction. Schneiderman per se. Generally, the Office of Attorney General has never been aggressive. No matter who. Uh, unless you're a gun owner, and then he don't like you. Right, and that's the governor, not the attorney but, general. But what do we have to oh, do? Yeah, we yeah, have yeah. To knock her, and we have to say, hi, are you are you molesting your daughter? Oh, you're not? Okay, let's go. Hi, are you a lunch house? Do you sell products? And they say, no, we don't. We're they not. We're not that. Cops so. cannot knock on a door for that reason. Well, they can, I guess. Well, I mean, lunch housing is very difficult to, like, be hard. There's a proper way to investigate something, which I'm sure that you know exactly how to do it. And um, you can't just, they did, they said that they went to the door and knocked and asked questions. You, you, have, to, you have to look inside somebody's computer to see what's going on. Yeah. Or, I guess. No, they I just don't. No, but they imagine, but imagine the amount of money that they put in finding innocent mothers and taking their children and giving them to the perpetrators. Don't do that. They, you can't look into a computer without. They'll find someone to do that. Just can't do it. It doesn't happen. It never happens for good reason. We don't look into search warrants, or we don't look into computers or phones or anything without a, a full and complete search warrant. 
Well, when somebody says something that could possibly going, be going on, how do you address it if, if you don't address it at all? We, That's right. If, if, we, if we get a complaint that somebody's doing something, to, let's just keep it in this venue, a child. Um, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert in child abuse or sexual violence. That's another unit here. But, I mean, I, I've touched on it over the years. So I know a little bit about it. If I make a complaint as an investigator that somebody is abusing a child, the first thing I have to do is I have to try to substantiate the complaint, first of all. Mm-hmm. And then I have to try to somehow get enough information that a court would consider reliable mm-hmm. that justifies that there is a crime, that it's occurred within a particular venue, that it's here, there, and, and tie it to certain devices. And if I can... If, if you're saying to me, i try to put this simply because it's a complex area. If you're saying to me somebody is abusing a child physically in this house, mm-hmm. and I conduct an investigation and I determine, yes, this child is being, is in fact being physically abused. It's not sex physically. Um, and I can substantiate that because that's a little bit easier. You know, there's bruises, there's, some, there's visible stuff. I may be able to get and justify a complaint to be filed with a court to arrest a person. So why didn't they do that in this? Or, so why not do it with Anthony McGinty on a personal level, sitting in a seat and abusing all these parents and children? Already reported. He's not operating in a personal level. He's only operating in official capacity. Absolutely. No, but he's operating out of his jurisdiction in the fact that when you look on, when you look at all the laws, you don't give children to abusers under our laws. Well, that can be good. When those investigators over there investigate abuse, they mispronounce my daughter's name. They didn't know. They didn't even. I'm talking about McCoy and that whole. McCoy works for me. That unit has been under the DA's office since last January. Well, with mine, you can't put your foot around and just knock on somebody's door and ask them about the products that they're going to deny. You have to go a little bit further than that when you're working with a Munchauk group. The one that well, if you live in talk letters to my house that I showed Dr. Smiley. Not only that, she encouraged other people What's here. Um, it was a news clipping, right? And it had... Um, it had no return address on the outside of the envelope, and inside there was a news clipping. And it said, um, this in the little post-it note on the newspaper that had, the newspaper had a graveyard on one side, and it had a family on another. And it said, this can be your life, pointing at either one. Which one do you want? And that came to my house. Right. That I went there with. That's my own mother, unfortunately. But now... All right, let me play devil's advocate. I'm not in any way, shape, or form denying that you knew where that came from. How do we prove that that's where that came from? Well, I guess you could at that time when it was done, done fingerprints, try to figure it out a little bit further than just like when I say that, you, that you, I'm complaining that it's that. Let me ask you a question. I can tell you, I can tell you something that happened to me. They mother, just wonder how did that happen. Has your mother been arrested? She has not been arrested. So... I'm just giving you the fact of what, what cops have to do when they're putting a case together. They have to call up Rebecca Carley, and then they have to call my mother let's, like they want Prada and find out what she's actually telling let me, someone. Let me ask you a question. I'm just I'm talking about your letter now. I'm trying to show you what has to go on in a criminal court. Now, it doesn't happen in a family court because the rules are different. In a criminal court, they get fingerprints off the letter. 
say they developed the letter in their fingerprints. They then send those fingerprints for comparison. You know what they get? Nothing. But your mother's never been arrested. There's nothing to compare them to. You know where that investigation goes? It goes in the hole. They go, it's so crazy. Let's say you have been arrested, for example, and you have had DNA taken. Brian, have you had DNA taken? Well, unfortunately, under the laws we got, you know that they take DNA when you go to jail. Okay, now let me give you this example. You get arrested or you're under investigation, or whatever. They take DNA. Yeah. Okay? They send that DNA out because it's part of the investigation. They send the DNA out to be like you would fingerprint. They calculate the DNA, and they come back with a DNA, what they call a profile, which is basically little lines on a sheet of paper. That means a lot to scientists. And they say, oh, yes, we're looking at this DNA profile. And it comes back to a guy by the name of Brian. And they send that report back to the police. This DNA report says that the DNA that we found here comes back to a guy by the name of Brian. You know what they can do with that? Then they can arrest me because they have probable cause. They cannot make an arrest. It's not probable cause. Um, now, when I say that, do I say it with the provide that's bizarre? Yes, bizarre, but they can't because it's not considered probable cause. So in order to try to, they then have to continue to further investigate because they have to get DNA personally from Brian to reset it in to have it re, re-administered and reprofiled. And if Brian says to him, I'm not giving you my DNA, you don't have to. That's okay, it. so let me give you a scenario if this happens. Can something like this happen? Can I um, can I go, uh, let's say, um, over to the Benedictine Hospital uh, and make a statement to a doctor and say that somebody, maybe my um, sister, is going to kill herself and kill me. And that doctor can sign a pickup slip on that person's hearsay and have my sister picked up by five police officers. Are you asking me? Yeah. Can that happen? I don't know. You don't know. I I think if a doctor... The doctor that never knew you. If a doctor signs... If a doctor signs a pickup order under the mental health law, then I believe the police can act on that. But doesn't that doctor have to know that person?
from uh, an attorney in Poughkeepsie who's a retired sheriff from New York City that if a doctor never met you and, it, and they never knew you, and it's only on someone's hearsay that you can't be picked up. Please don't know that, though. They only have the order. A police order, an officer doesn't know that. No. I think they should get educated enough. It's to not know a matter that. of education. It's and when you walk not, into someone's it's house. A matter, it's a matter, Judy, it's a matter of process. Yeah, it's a process. Once, the, once the, 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 the doctor puts his license on the line and signs the order, they, the police don't get all the paperwork behind the order or what. They just get the order. And the order says, based on the mental health law, blah, blah, blah. Right, and nothing happens to the person who Return that person to the hospital. Right, and That's nothing all. happens to the person who committed perjury. That perjured person. Not nothing. No criminal charges filed. No criminal charges. And probably That's, the doctor is going to refer it. That's pretty much what he's been telling us his whole case is that this whole time is sorry, they get to get away with Especially criminal activity. and Someone who works in this nothing. building. No, it would not happen to someone that works in this building. Because when a, when a police officer might see what a, what a doctor wrote, but if you come to someone's house and you don't see any caution, there, there's, there's nothing where it shows like this person went to kill somebody or even shows signs that they killed herself. And not only that, say that the person reported it on February 14th, and, and the person isn't picked up till February 17th. Wow. All because maybe the person that was involved in it was a Monshauser. Yeah, like the police had to. Unfortunately, you're, you're, again, there's apples, oranges, and there's a horse in a cart. The police in these situations are only acting on the order. Well, they got brought to the water and they drank it on something that was painted. Mm-hmm. And ruined someone's life. Well, the police, all they should have done was take that person to us. That's all. And most of my experiences with uh, 941s, which is what the police normally work with, mm-hmm. it's not a doctor's order, it's, it's where they're observing activity that is potentially life threatening to either the person or someone else. They pick the person up under the authority of the night. With mental health law 941, they, their responsibility is to bring that person to a to a hospital that can handle. In this case, it would be Benedictine. You have to go in through Kingston now. Yeah, that's not legal though to but, sign a pickup like that. Doctor Hermely informed me that. Well, no, they're not signing a pickup. They're 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 acting under their sponte, under the authority of a police officer and and the mental health law. They're bringing it to the hospital now. The hospital has the responsibility to professionally evaluate that person based on what the police observe. In my experiences, in most cases, at least 50% of the cases, they do not hold that person. They let them really? go. They, they really you have to wait for a hearing to get out and they can no. take you there. No, no hearing. They get evaluated by a mental health professional. If that mental health professional is observing or interpreting, the same thing that the police interpret, they can hold you for 72 hours. That's the max they can hold you for. And um, Well, I can tell you that's not what happened. And I can tell you that Judge Bradley, in a hearing, said that there was, they tried to order medication over compliance. And Judge Bradley said that they weren't allowed because they had no, they had no diagnosis. Not one at all. And wanted, to, and wanted to order medication over compliance. And Judge Bradley did not allow them. And that it can take 17 days. 
<laughs> and a doctor does not have to know you, and a doctor does not have to know anything about you. Because a lot of times, like, no, they're not allowed to do that. From a police perspective, they're pretty blind. Maybe they are, but the dominant class, the hospital committed the crime. You know, a doctor. I mean, you're throwing. The hospital is doing what it's supposed to do, what it interprets. In order to pick someone up, you have to know the person. You can't go on a hearsay. Uh, well, we're talking about two different things. You can't I'm even go in someone's house when I'm telling you something, but yet you're going to tell me that somebody can just go there on a doctor who doesn't even know the person? If the doctor issues an order, yes. The doctor doesn't know the person. The doctor only hears it from someone else. Police, what? I'm not saying that part's right. I'm simply saying that once the doctor signs the order, the police are acting on the order. Which is a, they're looking at it. It's a lawful order, and that's exactly what CPS is doing to people. On court orders, yeah. they're tainting stuff. They're tainting something. They're ta- yeah. They constantly they constantly, they constantly ch- no taint the case. The There's no checks and balances. So what happens in all of these things? Like if I was a police officer, I'm just saying that if I was or anyone, I would think that I would want to know beforehand who wrote what. Doesn't yeah, doesn't work I wouldn't want to follow something from somebody else. Every day, take warrants. I'm actually wondering if it would be possible to make an appointment with you, discuss, uh, you know, filing criminal complaints against the assailant, not any official misconduct stuff, but just to protect my child. Sure. Thank you. Um, when would you be available? Hey, what are you doing? I'll Okay. Sorry, no problem. The uh, I am available. Assuming nothing happens, not to. They can come and They want to make their own appointment. I just want to talk. Is there anything that you could do in regards to this for me to make an appointment? Or anything that we've just discussed? How about the 25th of January? Okay. Yes. Can you put it on a post-it note for me, please? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what time? And then 11 o'clock. Great. Okay. You want to hang on to these or do you want me to bring them back? No, you can me? bring them back because okay. you see it. So yeah. We'll be able to mess here A L A N A. I'm sorry, Judy. Hmm? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for my daughter. He's been raised twice and beaten by a father. I'm sorry. Did she ever take off her phone? No. Maybe you can make an appointment. Yeah. She's going to just 
Is there anything that I could do about this situation? You think I need to where to go? This meaning your mother? Mm-hmm. I gave you a lot more information in regards to it all that I gave to Jerry Gelder before he died. He was trying desperately mm-hmm. to help me. So what can we do is the question. <laughs> and this has to do with damage she did to you? or No, it has to do with what she's still doing. She's still Who you mean with the, with the, product, with the other woman? With the, any in any venue of any type or any kind. She is still around my grandchildren and I'm concerned about other people that she's connected to also. Um it's a very tough one. Why why don't you come in the same day and I'll have you talk to an investigator over here while I'm talking to one. You're gonna have we're going to have to know a lot more. Just the fact that there's a, a black doctor who has been... No, I have letters from my cousin. She encouraged her to soak her beans and bleach and nurse her child. My, my cousin, like I have, I have the name of the product. Can I? Mm-hmm. Okay, but let me just... If I told you to go home and marinate your beef in chlorine or bleach, would you do that? No, I wouldn't do that, but it's not just that, that she tells people. She repackages stuff. She had it. She made okay. me sick. She repackages what? The product that she sold. Come in and we'll put you together with it. That may be a problem. We may be able to do something. And my that. cousin, Anne-Marie Haber. But we're going to have to put our hands on some of the product. I gave it to Mr. Gilpatrick, and he said he would have it tested when I first retained him to be my attorney. Okay? Did he have it tested? No. He didn't do anything he's supposed to do. And that's why Judy. I told him. Judy. Judy. I don't know if you yeah. can hear me. Can you hear me? We can hear you. You, you got to give him the news report that's out. It's all over national news that the product she's using has been like, killing people, right? Wasn't it already on national news? I thought I saw a couple of articles. I cured it, but my mother repackages it. And sells it knowing that? She sells knowing. Knowing she that it knowing has factor. All right. With Rebecca Carly. Just. Come with Orlando. Come in on that day. And I'll uh, put you with an investigator. Okay. And he's going to need a lot of facts product information, dates, things like that. Okay. Um, not just she does this, does that. We need, we're going to need, like, what kind, what is the product? Where is it? Give us specifics about if, if, she's repackaged, if she's repackaged, how it's being repackaged, how it's being sold by her. When it is repackaged, we need, we need specifics. Okay. Okay, so be prepared. Bring that with you. Okay. Okay? okay. 25th, same. Okay. Are you together? Can you get together to come? Yeah. Right. So the 25th, you can, we'll see you here at 11. And I will be here at 11. And I apologize for the miscommunication okay. this morning. Thank you very much. Your time. Okay. And like I say, I, if this was the right venue, we would be on it. But the things dealing with judges, we've got to go to the oversight court to the public. Yeah, we would actually like to go to the federal government on this. Um, I don't know why they're saying that they need your go-ahead. But, I don't either. Because, um, uh, maybe you should just not the case. put in a good word for us, you know, on a good day. Fran, do you have access to the computer? Um, right this minute I had to get in the car. I think that's why I got disconnected. But, I, I mean, I do when I get back to the house. Shoot me the name of the people in justice you've been dealing with. Shoot you the names of what? I'm sorry. 
the people in uh, DOJ that you're dealing with their contact information. Okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I have phone number. Mara Thompson, you know, when this whole Warren thing happened to me, she just stopped talking to me. <laughs> so I don't know. But she said that if you contacted well, her, she could put it in They have ethical issues that they have to deal with. I understand. She probably didn't want me caught, is what I think she did, honestly, to be honest well, with that you. May be, that, may be, that may be too, but they, they also don't want, when a warrant is outstanding, it's judicial process. They don't want to be caught countering yeah. yeah. information because they can be, yeah. the DOJ can be fired for that. Right, and I get, and I get that. And I also, um, you know, I'm happy the way it happened. I mean, I had to do what I had to do to protect him as long as possible. So what a mother does, you stand in front of a train, you know. But um, what can we are do you about him? Are you back in West Virginia or are you in Ulster County? No, 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 I'm here. I mean, I have dual, I live in two states and I'm, you know, this is all part of the, this is all part of the abuse I've had to suffer and my child because it's robbed from, you know, good jobs and where I've supported him well. And this is all long-term lawsuits out of mind because it's caused us, you know, like everybody else, it's caused, in, you know, you, you I, I don't know if you ever did a background check on me prior to this insane situation that occurred, but, you know, I don't think it takes much thought, you know. And also, I mean, this judge, I don't know if you saw the order. He put, although the father is problematic with a criminal history, domestic violence and addiction, he's never done this in front of the child. That's nonsense, first of all, because he's been arrested with endangerment on him. And, and he was the more suitable parent. He put he was the more suitable parent. Just that statement alone makes him look like a fool. Because no, you don't give a child to that. You don't give a child to that. In our justice system, you don't give a child to that. And also, how could he be more suitable? That would make me a crackhead. <laughs> like, that's insane. If it's not uh, retaliation, I don't know what it is. Okay. If you just send me that those emails. I will. I will be happy to. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We're going to go. All right, do you guys want me to meet you anywhere? I can meet you guys if you want to. I'm almost to a scopus. Have a good day, Bill. All right, thank you so much, Bill. I'll call you right back when I get out of here. All right, bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. I just want to let you know this, and and I can confirm this with um, Mr. Gilpatrick. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Hermley was hired by Mr. Gilpatrick, and... Dr. Hermley, mm-hmm. on my behalf, because of the things that were being done because of the much house that um, um, Mr. Patrick said that this was um, like a conspiracy by my own family against me, and that's why he hired Dr. Hermley in regards to it. Mr. Patrick had said that in the beginning. Did he ever get a square away? Um, no, I gave him $14,000, and he never got me a hearing, just like all the 47 cases that in city court that he had. That he was conduct, he was. Um, he was judge. Yeah, forty-seven cases against him by the committee of judicial conduct. At the same time that he was detained for my case, I'm number forty-eight. There was that money. Yeah, there was forty-seven. And he's now he's a Supreme Court judge. Yeah, and I was number forty-eight. That's why I called Judge Cheney at home, and he got my son back for me. But my daughters were already older when this happened. Like he was the one who said that, and he was the one who had the product that was supposed to do it. And I can confirm it with my friends who have product that my mother was selling at that time. At that time. Well, that's a long mm-hmm. time ago, right? It is. About eight years, mm-hmm. ten years, something mm-hmm. like that, eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Because you've been a judge yeah. for seven And I've had to have Dr. Hermley on my case for 13 years to prove there's nothing wrong with me, but that is my mother. 
you still see with him? I still see him once a month. Okay. Did your mother see anybody? No. She needs to see somebody. I suffered enough as a child. I didn't suffer again and have my children suffer. Not like that. I was a great mother. This is the easiest way, ladies. See that? Oh, God. Okay. No, no, no. Save it. We, this is exactly what I wanted. I knew we weren't going to get further, but this is possible. Okay. Thanks for the time. Okay. That was a very informative uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It went on for quite a while. <laughs> okay. Let me. Um, I'll call you back. We'll talk later. And come okay. back. So you're on your way to Kingston. Well, I was going to see if you wanted to meet somewhere. Like, not. I won't okay, go all the way well, up. I have to get okay. Alana first. But we're. Okay. Gonna, I'll call you as soon as I drop her off. Okay. Sounds right. good. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.